0: SECTION 30 OF Gray's ANATOMY PART 4 THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG RECORDING BY MORGAN SCORPION ANATOMY OF THE HUMAN BODY PART 4 BY HENRY GREY ABDUCENT NERVE FACIAL NERVE 1F THE ABDUCENT NERVE NERVOUS abducens. SIXTH NERVE The abducent nerve supplies the rectus lateralis oculi. Its fibres arise from a small nucleus situated in the upper part of the rhomboid fossa, close to the middle line and beneath the colliculus facialis. They pass downward and forward through the pons and emerge in the furrow between the lower border of the pons and the upper end of the pyramid of the medulla oblongata. From the nucleus of the sixth nerve fibers are said to pass through the medial longitudinal fasciculus to the oculomotor nerve of the opposite side along which they are carried to the rectus medialis the rectus lateralis of one eye and the rectus medialis of the other may therefore be said to receive their nerves from the same nucleus the nerve pierces the dura mater on the dorsum celli of the sphenoid runs through a notch in the bone below the posterior clinoid process, and passes forward through the cavernous sinus on the lateral side of the internal carotid artery. It enters the orbit through the superior orbital fissure, above the ophthalmic vein, from which it is separated by a lamina of dura mater. It then passes between the two heads of the rectus lateralis, and enters the ocular surface of that muscle. The adjacent nerve is joined by several filaments from the carotid and cavernous plexuses, and by one from the ophthalmic nerve. The oculomotor, trochlea, ophthalmic and adjacent nerves bear certain relations to each other in the cavernous sinus, at the superior orbital fissure, and in the cavity of the orbit, as follows. In the cavernous sinus, the oculomotor, trochlea, and ophthalmic nerves are placed in the lateral wall of the sinus, in the order given from above downward the abducent nerve lies at the lateral side of the internal carotid artery. As these nerves pass forward to the superior orbital fissure, the oculomotor and ophthalmic divide into branches, and the abducent nerve approaches the others, so that their relative positions are considerably changed. In the superior orbital fissure, the trochlear nerve and the frontal and lacrimal divisions of the ophthalmic lie in this order from the medial to the lateral side upon the same plane. They enter the cavity of the orbit above the muscles. The remaining nerves enter the orbit between the two heads of the rectus lateralis. The superior division of the oculomotor is the highest of these. Beneath this lies the nasociliary branch of the ophthalmic, then the inferior division of the oculomotor, and the adjacent, lowest of all. In the orbit, the trochlea, frontal and lacrimal nerves lie immediately beneath the periosteum the trochlear nerve resting on the obliquus superior, the frontal on the levator palpebrae superioris, and the lacrimal on the rectus lateralis. The superior division of the oculomotor nerve lies immediately beneath the rectus superior, while the nasociliary nerve crosses the optic nerve to reach the medial wall of the orbit. Beneath these is the optic nerve, surrounded in front by the ciliary nerves, and having the ciliary ganglion on its lateral side, between it and the rectus lateralis. Below the optic nerve are the inferior division of the oculomotor, and the abducens, the lateral lying on the medial surface of the rectus lateralis. 5G, the facial nerve, nervus facialis, seventh nerve. The facial nerve consists of a motor and a sensory part, the latter being frequently described under the name of the nervus intermedius, pars intermedii of Brisburg. The two parts emerge at the lower border of the pons in the recess between the olive and the inferior peduncle, the motor part being the more medial. Immediately to the lateral side of the sensory part is the acoustic nerve. The motor part supplies somatic motor fibres to the muscles of the face, scalp, and auricle, the buccinator and the platysma, the stapedius, the stylohyodeus, and posterior belly of the digastricus. It also contains some sympathetic motor fibers which constitute the vasodilator nerves of the submaxillary and sublingual glands and are conveyed to the corda tympani nerve. These are preganglionic fibers of the sympathetic system and terminate in the submaxillary ganglion and small ganglia in the hilus of the submaxillary gland. From these ganglia, postganglionic fibers are conveyed to these glands. The sensory part contains the fibres of taste for the anterior two-thirds of the tongue and a few somatic sensory fibres from the middle ear region. A few splanchnic sensory fibres are also present. The motor root arises from a nucleus which lies deeply in the reticular formation of the lower part of the pons. The nucleus is situated above the nucleus ambiguous, behind the superior olivary nucleus, and medial to the spinal tract of the trigeminal nerve. From this origin the fibres pursue a curved course in the substance of the pons. They first pass backward and medialward toward the rhomboid fossa, and, reaching the posterior end of the nucleus of the abducent nerve, run upward close to the middle line beneath the colliculus fasciculus. At the anterior end of the nucleus of the abducent nerve they make a second bend, and run downward and forward through the pons to their point of emergence between the olive and the inferior peduncle. The sensory root arises from the genicular ganglion, which is situated on the geniculum of the facial nerve in the facial canal, behind the hiatus of the canal. The cells of this ganglion are unipolar, and the single process divides in a T-shaped manner into central and peripheral branches. The central branches leave the trunk of the facial nerve in the internal acoustic meatus, and form the sensory root. The peripheral branches are continued into the corda tympani, and greater superficial petrosal nerves entering the brain at the lower border of the pons between the motor root and the acoustic nerve the fibres of the sensory root pass into the substance of the medulla oblongata and end in the upper part of the terminal nucleus of the glossopharyngeal nerve and the fasciculus solitarius from the superficial attachments to the brain the two roots of the facial nerve pass lateralward and forward with the acoustic nerve to the internal acoustic meatus in the meatus the motor root lies in the groove on the upper and anterior surface of the acoustic nerve the sensory root being placed between them. At the bottom of the meatus the facial nerve enters the facial canal, which it traverses to its termination at the stylomastoid foramen. It is at first directed lateralward between the cochlea and vestibule toward the medial wall of the tympanic cavity. It then bends suddenly backward and arches downward behind the tympanic cavity to the stylomastoid foramen. The point where it changes its direction is named the geniculum it presents a reddish gangliform swelling the genicular ganglion ganglion geniculi geniculate ganglion nucleus of the sensory root of the nerve on emerging from the stylomastoid foramen, the facial nerve runs forward to the substance of the parotid gland crosses the external carotid artery and divides behind the ramus of the mandible into branches from which numerous offsets are distributed over the side of the head face and upper part of the neck, supplying the superficial muscles in these regions. The branches and their offsets unite to form the parotid plexus. BRANCHES OF COMMUNICATION The branches of communication of the facial nerve may be arranged as follows, in the internal meatus, with the acoustic nerve, at the genicular ganglion, with the sphenopalatine ganglion by the greater superficial petrosal nerve, with the otic ganglion by a branch which joins the lesser superficial petrosal nerve with the sympathetic on the middle meningeal artery in the facial canal with the auricular branch of the vagus at its exit from the stylomastoid foramen with the glossopharyngeal with the vagus with the great auricular with the auricular temporal behind the ear with the lesser occipital on the face with the trigeminal in the neck with the cutaneous cervical. In the internal acoustic meatus, some minute filaments pass from the facial to the acoustic nerve. The greater superficial petrosal nerve, large superficial petrosal nerve, arises from the genicular ganglion and consists chiefly of sensory branches which are distributed to the mucous membrane of the soft palate, but it probably contains a few motor fibres which form the motor root of the sphenopalatine ganglion it passes forward through the hiatus of the facial canal and runs in a sulcus on the anterior surface of the petrous portion of the temporal bone beneath the semilunar ganglion to the foramen lacerum it receives a twig from the tympanic plexus and in the foramen is joined by the deep petrosal from the sympathetic plexus on the internal carotid artery to form the nerve of the pterygoid canal which passes forward through the pterygoid canal and ends in the sphenopalatine ganglion The genicular ganglion is connected with the otic ganglion by a branch which joins the lesser superficial petrosal nerve, and also with the sympathetic filaments accompanying the middle meningeal artery. According to Arnold, a twig passes back from the ganglion to the acoustic nerve. Just before the facial nerve emerges from the stylomastoid foramen, it generally receives a twig from the auricular branch of the vagus. After its exit from the stylomastoid foramen, The facial nerve sends a twig to the glossopharyngeal, and communicates with the auricular branch of the vagus, with the great auricular nerve of the cervical plexus, with the auricular temporal nerve in the parotid gland, and with the lesser occipital behind the ear, on the face with the terminal branches of the trigeminal, and in the neck with the cutaneous cervical nerve. BRANCHES OF DISTRIBUTION The branches of distribution of the facial nerve may be thus arranged. With the facial canal, nerve to the stapedius muscle, Corda tympani. At its exit from the stylomastoid foramen. Posterior auricular. Digastric. Stylohyoid. On the face. Temporal. Zygomatic. Buccal Mandibular. Cervical. The nerve to the stapedius. Nervus stapedius. Tympanic branch. Arises opposite the pyramidal eminence. It passes through a small canal in this eminence to reach the muscle. The corda tympani nerve is given off from the facial as it passes downward behind the tympanic cavity, about six millimetres from the stylomastoid foramen. It runs upward and forward in a canal, and enters the tympanic cavity, through an aperture, ita codae posterius, on its posterior wall, close to the medial surface of the posterior border of the tympanic membrane, and on a level with the upper end of the manubrium of the malleus. It traverses this tympanic cavity between the fibrous and mucous layers of the tympanic membrane, crosses the manubrium of the malleus, and emerges from the cavity through a foramen situated at the inner end of the petrotympanic fissure, and named the Itter caudae anterius, canal of Hugier. It then descends between the Pterygodeus externus and internus on the medial surface of the spina angularis of the sphenoid, which it sometimes grooves and joins at an acute angle the posterior border of the lingual nerve. It receives a few efferent fibres from the motor root. These enter the submaxillary ganglion, and through it are distributed to the submaxillary and sublingual glands. The majority of its fibres are afferent, and are continued onward through the muscular substance of the tongue to the mucous membrane covering its anterior two-thirds. They constitute the nerve of taste for this portion of the tongue. Before uniting with the lingual nerve, the corda tympani is joined by a small branch from the otic ganglion. The posterior auricular nerve, Nervus auricularis posterior arises close to the stylo-mastoid foramen, and runs upward in front of the mastoid process. Here it is joined by a filament from the auricular branch of the vagus, and communicates with the posterior branch of the great auricular, and with the lesser occipital. As it ascends between the external acoustic meatus and mastoid process, it divides into auricular and occipital branches. The auricular branch supplies the auricularis posterior, and the intrinsic muscles on the cranial surface of the auricular. The occipital branch, the larger, passes backward along the superior nuchal line of the occipital bone and supplies the occipitalis. The digastric branch, ramus digastricus, arises close to the stylomastoid foramen and divides into several filaments which supply the posterior belly of the digastricus. One of these filaments joins the glossopharyngeal nerve. The stylohyoid branch, ramus stylohyoideus frequently arises in conjunction with the digastric branch. It is long and slender, and enters the Stolohyodeus about its middle. The temporal branches, rami temporalis, cross the zygomatic arch to the temporal region, supplying the auricularis anterior and superior, and joining with the zygomatico-temporal branch of the maxillary, and with the auricular-temporal branch of the mandibula. The more anterior branches supply the frontalis, the orbicularis oculi, and the corrugator and join the supraorbital and lacrimal branches of the ophthalmic. The zygomatic branches, rami zygomatici, malar branches, run across the zygomatic bone to the lateral angle of the orbit, where they supply the orbicularis oculi and join with filaments from the lacrimal nerve and the zygomaticofacial branch of the maxillary nerve. The buccal branches, rami buccales, infraorbital branches, of larger size than the rest, pass horizontally forward to be distributed below the orbit and around the mouth. The superficial branches run beneath the skin and above the superficial muscles of the face, which they supply. Some are distributed to the procerus, joining at the medial angle of the orbit with the infraorbicular and nasociliary branches of the ophthalmic. The deep branches pass beneath the zygomaticus and the quadratus labii superioris, supplying them and forming an infraorbital plexus with the infraorbital branch of the maxillary nerve these branches also supply the small muscles of the nose the lower deep branches supply the buccinator and orbicularis oris and join with filaments of the buccinator branch of the mandibular nerve the mandibular branch ramus marginalis mandibulae passes forward beneath the platysma and the triangularis supplying the muscles of the lower lip and chin and communicating with the mental branch of the inferior alveolar nerve the cervical branch ramus colli runs forward beneath the platysma and forms a series of arches across the side of the neck over the suprahyoid region. One branch descends to join the cervical cutaneous nerve from the cervical plexus. Others supply the platysma. End of section 30